Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello and welcome to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast where we re-examine that most awesome of all 90 Saturday morning cartoons, X-Men The Animated Series. I'm your first co-host, Sarah Musak. I'm your second assassin, Michael Short. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the third, Carissa Bertels. Excellent, though. Welcome back, y'all. And we are taking a look at the, we're part in two, the second of a two-parter, Days of Future Past, where Bishop comes back in time and attempts to stop an assassination in Washington, D.C., which is really all the information we have so far. So we kick off with previously on And what I have in my notes is the future, Sentinels, old Wolverine, Bishop is a tracker and he's fired by the Sentinels. And the quote, if the assassination of the 90s hadn't occurred, none of this misery would have happened. Bishop goes back in time, Nimrod. So I think that pretty much covers it. Is there anything (laughs) that, that that our audience needs to be caught up on? Hashtag nailed it. Yes, I paid attention. So great. So here's something interesting as we open the episode and they've done this before where it actually starts earlier than the end of the last episode. Yes. Which we don't necessarily know off the bat, but they've done this before. So Rogan. I feel like they only did it to explain why Gambit walked in after Rogue. I think that's the only reason that they. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I just was like, oh, I'm all excited. Like, you know, I'm an actor. I love a moment before. I was like, what's the moment before? And then it's just (laughs) like they parked the car. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were like, you know, we're setting up a little something, something in the next episode. I'm not going to spoil it. But that we need to set up that capital F flirting sure. as hard as we can. <laughs> sure. That's what I think is up. So Rogue and Gambit are having a little, a little, I wrote joyride, but it's not stolen. So they're, yeah. they're just having a joyful ride in her convertible on a winding uh, Westchester Cliff Road. Yeah, that's 30 that's something. Where it- that's where, as, as the Westchesterian in the room here, I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're like one of those people with Seattle and Grey's Anatomy. You're like, that's not a thing. That doesn't exist. And, and so they're only going like 30 some miles per hour, which admittedly is rather dangerous on cliffs like that if you've, you know, ridden on them in places different than Westchester County. But Rogue almost just just barely misses a truck. And, you know, for for all of the you know, cliches about like women not being able to drive. I think Gambit's justified in asking her where she learned because that was not. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that cliche because of the fact that she was just incredibly reckless because it wasn't, it wasn't like the, yeah, the stereotype is the bad driver. No, she's, she's good. She's just reckless. She's, she's just taking chances she doesn't need to take. Yeah. No, that, she that, barely that learned from some sense. good old boys that don't mean no harm is how she learned how to drive. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really weird because, yeah, her response is, with good old boys on country back roads, best teachers in the world. It's like, is that... What's, what's they, that about? Is that... Are exactly, we talking about what is... <laughs> yeah, we, we're not talking about driving Mm-mm. at no, that point. No, we're not. We're not. But when did her mutant powers uh, kick in? Right? Well, her first kiss, right? We saw the flashback yeah. in a previous episode, so I'm not sure what they were. T- so I, then, I have questions. Yeah. Maybe it was just hand stuff before the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Over the clothes, petting. Heavy yeah. petting. I had yeah. to run away from my microphone when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that it's a, it's a phrase I stole. There was a, for, I'll, I'll put a link in the, um, it, it, oh no, I'm familiar with the phrase hand stuff. Hand stuff I just yeah. <laughs> just Sarah, people listening, I don't know if they understand like what what a what a gentle midwestern personality you exude and so that phrase coming out of you. Especially jarring. Does he, I know does Sarah know what hand stuff is? <laughs> now you know I do. Um, so right, so they're they're flirting hardcore, and I know what they're talking about because I'm an adult. <laughs> is this what this is all leading up to? Just to prove that you know what this stuff, what sex is, yeah. Sarah? We, yeah, I think you're right. an adult person. <laughs> that's that's what this whole podcast is about. There's easier ways. <laughs> yeah, but but are there more enjoyable? I don't think so. No, you're right. You're right. 
And so, we, but but then we get some some things get get a little little hotter in the convertible because you know Gambit says and I wrote it out as M E B B E, which is how they used to spell or in the comics Wolverine or not Wolverine. I'm sorry, Gambit saying maybe uh, is M E B B E. Maybe you need another lesson. Rogue says, who's going to teach me? You? And he says, sure, I'll teach you plenty of things if you ask me nice. And it's like, again, we are not talking about driving. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're talking about driving in the same way that Little Red Corvette is about a car. Sure. Right? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Go back to those principles. Hold on, hold on. What does Raspberry Beret mean? Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, Rogue gets mad. Right? She is like, like, one of the things that I do feel a little bit for Gambit, and don't get me wrong, because I do think that he is really kind of poking the tiger there with that, because she, yeah. she can't do anything. But Rogue is also participating in the flirting here, and then, then she gets upset, which I think kind of happens, and I, I also Some can't people, blame they have her. weird boundaries, you never know. You know. never know when you're going to hit him, and Rogue's is her skin. <laughs> um, actually, skin is boundaries, everybody. <laughs> just, yeah, just to, let's all if your skin isn't a boundary, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, you need to go see a doctor about that. <laughs> anyway, Rogue ends up flying off, fed up, and then we get the great gambit line, Don't worry, Rogue, I parked the car! <laughs> and, and then I wrote in parentheses, plot question mark like do we like again to your point carissa what was this moment do we just need to know that gambit parked the car what's happening we're establishing that he does know how to drive (laughs) right that he's not just talk yeah okay so then we catch up with the x-men in the war room storm say we we get some of those lines that bring us back up to speed with the final scene in the last episode storm says it could be any one of us we all have dark sides to our souls. And then and then Logan, of all people, says, speak for yourself, lady. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think You're all dark side. Yeah, correct. Well, maybe that's what he was getting at, right? Like, oh, right, right, like, right. I, I, I Don't even imply that there's something nice about me. <laughs> exactly. But I, I did write, uh, really, that's the, that's the hill you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> So we, so we get, again, and I'm so glad because this is one of my favorite lines, everyone can relax, Gambit has returned. <laughs> uh, Bishop recognizes Gambit, calls him a traitor, and just straight up shoots him. He just wastes no time talking, just, just gonna shoot. Rogue takes the hit. Who gave Bishop his gun back? <laughs> his way weird weapon? <laughs> so Bishop gets ends up getting Gambit anyway. Jean Grey grabs the gun. Jubilee, I, I, and Michael, I'm not sure if you remember this, but in the comics, the um, the sound of Jubilee's uh, uh, explosions are right. faff. Oh, yes. <laughs> P-F-A-F-F. So she faffs him. And then I, I love the line, Gambit's one of us, you tattooed freak. And I was just thinking that she's not really in a position to call anyone a freak. And Jubilee, yeah. you also, know, you- like. She's yeah. really going after uh, Bishop's appearance a lot, mm, right? She calls yeah. him a creepy looking dude before. And now she's picking out the tattoo, which is like, also, we then, I mean, we happen to know that that tattoo is not a choice he made. No, not at all. But, but in general, it's like, I feel like, don't go after people's tattoos, you know? It's like, it's not cool. It, it's, no. it's not cool, Jupes. Yeah, like, like in cool. this in this context, freak feels like a slur. Like, you're like, yeah. Yeah, it does. It <laughs> you does. You can't say that. It's also, it's just like, it's just one tattoo. Like if, when I imagine if, if I had to imagine a tattooed freak, if you asked me to paint that picture in my head, it's a lot more than just one M over your eyeball. Like it's a lot more tattoos than that. There's probably an iron cross on you somewhere. It's like, that's, that to me is like, that's, that's a tattooed freak. Bishop was just like a guy with a tattoo. Yeah. He was tattooed with. and. You know, not only that, one of the things we've mentioned in the last episode is a thing. It seems like Jubilee would just speak when she hadn't <laughs> spoken, just to say something. And I feel like this falls under that category. Like any of Jubilee's lines, they're like, uh, I guess she didn't say anything for a while. So <laughs> well, we can teenagers. Give her a pass. teenagers. They just want to be heard. They just want to be heard. That's right. So Bishop explains he's the assassin. He must be terminated. And then this happens a couple times in the scene. I'm not sure if you all notice, but Professor X hovers over to explain. So we get the sound of the wheelchair like, 
Josh as he comes <laughs> over. This is the this is the first of multiple times he does this. Bishop says he's a time traveler, and then we get the gambit line, and I'm the queen of France. That's the best kind of lie one can't nobody prove. Yeah, so I was like, I was on board with <laughs> with Gambit's uh, reasoning there. I was like, I was oh yeah, that's thinking. yeah, that's. A, Yep, so Bishop lays it on real thick. All of the X-Men are going to die. And I do really want to compliment the animators here because they give Bishop a great set of chompers. You know, he gets he gets individual tooth definition, which we don't usually see. No, and I, well, uh, I'm, I'm also a, a, a trained artist. I, I studied art in, in college, and we kind of learned quick that you it's a, it's a mistake to try and draw every tooth whenever you draw a likeness because you will make the person look creepier <laughs> than they actually yeah, do are. Do you think that's what Jubilee was getting at when he yeah. said, yeah, when she that said, was, creepy guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see every one of his teeth. The rest <laughs> of us just have a white band, yeah. band <laughs> in our mouths. He's got like 32 of them. It's effed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> So then we get massive exposition, right? Bishop starts it off. It all starts with a single death in Washington, D.C. Uh, Gambit is the assassin, but all mutants get blamed. The mutant control law is passed. Things go downhill so fast. We yeah. see that. Master Mold is pumping out an army of sentinels. They hunt down mutants, including some folks who we know, right? Cyclops and somebody who we haven't met yet, his brother Alex Summers. Havoc. Yes. Very nice Easter egg, wearing that. X Factor, the X Factor uniform, which I uh, love, I love. Uh, Sunfire, who we met on Genosha, and also the Morlocks, Mm -hmm. and then detention camps. Uh, Your final stop, you never leave, never. (laughs) Just to just to drive it home, never. That's what they said, Um, and they don't stop at mutants. They, uh, the Sentinels start bringing a new world order to all humans. The Sentinels advance on Washington, D.C., and uh, they, they pull the dome off the Capitol, which is apparently where the Oval Office is. And yeah. I feel like I learned some things about Washington geography <laughs> from, uh, from watching this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just assumed that they're pulling the domes off of everything. So that's you know. <laughs> true. They were gonna hit hit the Oval Office at some point, my, even if my it's favorite not. part though of the uh, of the uh, montage of what the New World Order and the Sentinels hunting everybody is like is the couple that's running while clutching each other's hands and then also oh, arms around each other's waists. And yeah. I mean, I I love my wife, but if we're running for our lives. <laughs> we're running we're yeah. we're running yeah. i'm like i'm like go go don't hold my hand go get out of here i'll carry our daughter you run let's go yeah you know? i'm with you they're romantics i guess they just uh they they had a way they had a vision of how they wanted to get crushed by sentinels and they they went for it <laughs> they lived it out <laughs> and uh, you know and, and i think the x-men in the anime series was tugging our heartstrings as well they should with that uh with that sort of thing <laughs> And then, then it, so then it comes back to now, right? The war room. Mm-hmm. And Bishop says to Gambit, I've hated you my whole life, which honestly was really intense for X-Men, the animated series. You know, I feel like they don't usually have outright hate for each other. And if they do, it's because they're a villain, right? It's not usually right. the hero who comes in with the hate. And then Professor X hovers over again. <laughs> <laughs> And we get and we get more harmonica because Bishop's still there, so we oh, still yeah, gotta have yeah. some harmonica soundscape. Bishop doesn't know who Gambit's going to assassinate, and I love that he say he says, you know, to justify himself, just that it happened soon in Washington, you know. So <laughs> that's all we know. And then I love Cyclops chimes in with, "It could be the president." Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then Storm, it could be anyone. So that's, I do, that's all I do love know. that they have a lady president. I was like, I hope that happens before, you know. Uh, before but then that's how we know. If that happens, that's how we know the X-Men future is on its that's way. That's right. That's right. If that happens, that's the, why we can't have a woman president, oh, folks. <laughs> so sorry, ladies. <laughs> so then Professor X says, I'm going to Washington, D.C. for the Senate hearing on mutant affairs. Perhaps he kills me. So things got real personal oh, yeah. real quick. Yeah. And then, then one of my favorite lines, Gambit says, you don't take this pose, you're serious. <laughs> and I actually, I had trouble understanding it. I had to turn on the closed cast. Uh, like, What's that word? What's that insult? Poseur. <laughs> I love that. But then I love how Storm goes like, 
uh, like to Gambit, like, I know you better than anyone, and then immediately has a side eye to Rogue. <laughs> 100%. We all caught that, right? Yeah. Oh my god. A hundred percent. I know you better than anyone. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Did, did Gambit teach you how to drive? Maybe. Well, Gambit did teach her how to thieve if we're following canon. Uh, which, hold on. <laughs> okay. In, Wait, in no, Cairo, like back in the day? No, or? no. Oh, actually, you're right. So she did first learn to thieve in Cairo as a oh, child. Oh, then she thief. learned again later? Well, remember that she was uh, she was turned into a child again in somewhere in the 200s of Uncanny X-Men. She uh. like has amnesia. That's when Gambit was first introduced oh, as yes, a character. Yes, yes, yes. And then he comes back to the X-Men with her. Okay. My brain hurt. That was... <laughs> yeah, yep, that's, that was a thing that happened. And yet I think that's separate from when she sort of... Oh, no, because then she starts to grow up again, and she's like a teenager during Extinction Agenda. And Jean okay. comes back, and they have a hug. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> no, but but to your point, that was real weird. Yeah. That, like, Storm comes out with, I, I know you better than anyone, uh, which would seem to indicate that there's some past as yet unexplored mm-hmm. in this universe. That's what I'm saying, Gambit taught Storm how to drive. Wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. Is that past you know I mean? the future? That's yeah. That's all that really matters. Then we get some really amazing Gambit dialogue. Don't nobody trust Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, nope, nobody does. Like, Rogue won't even meet his eyes. And then he leaves with, then Gambit don't need nobody. Aw, Gambit. Aww. I would sorry. love to get upset and start talking about myself in the third person. I would love to <laughs> do that. I would be like, no one here trusts Michael. Michael's going to go away now. Like, you sound insane, Mike. <laughs> so we get some sad synth. As Gambit leaves, but he immediately shows up in the hangar. Like, he's, yeah. he actually didn't leave the mansion. He just left the room. Uh, he's in the hangar. He's intercepted by Bishop and Wolverine. And Wolverine goes, where are you going? And Gambit immediately says, Washington. And Bishop goes, he even admits it. And then yeah. the, the rest of the X-Men have followed. Like, everybody, like, followed Gambit to the hangar. Yeah. Like, if I knew... If I was accused of maybe assassinating somebody <laughs> in a particular place, I would do everything. I would lay low. I would not go to that place. I would be mm-hmm. like, then, then I guess I just won't go there. And problem solved, guys. <laughs> problem solved. Problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Gambit isn't not isn't Gambit. that guy because nobody trusts Gambit, mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> And so then, you know, we've got the Gambit Bishop hissing match. Wolverine comes in to break it up and says, you kids better behave yourselves. I'm staying behind to babysit, which I wrote in my notes, kind of dysfunctional. Yeah. I I was like, I want Wolverine as a babysitter. I feel like he'd let you get away with anything. With anything. Well, and the truth is, we've learned from the comics that if you are left alone with Wolverine, he will turn you into an assassin, basically. <laughs> like, he will turn you into assassin. a martial arts master. That's the last ninja. thing we can't have Gambit stay alone That's with Wolverine. True. But, I mean, hey, it happened with Kitty. It happened, it sort of happens with Jubilee. Like, he takes the, the specifically the young ladies under his wing. To claw, clawing. I don't know. And then he turns them into killing machines. The end. Clawing. Wasn't that the Amalgam Comics mashup of Batman? Oh, of Batman? Wolverine? Oh, yeah. No, that was Dark Claw. Dark Claw. I believe, okay. which I have somewhere back Clawing was probably on the on the board. Like, Clawing? What do you think? Is yeah. anyone feeling that one? It was no. part of the brainstorm. <laughs> So the, the rest of the X-Men are leaving. We get the theme song, na, 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 and the jet leaves the Hudson Valley. How exciting. So good. And so uh, back, back at the babysitter's club, they're, they're, playing, they're playing cards. Yeah, which it's a friendly is, game of yeah. poker. Yeah. Um, and then, like, <laughs> apparently they all played, but we opened the scene with Bishop's line, should have known better than to play poker with an assassin. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm curious, how long did this game last? Like, how many hands did they get in before Bishop was like, I'm angry? <laughs> uh, you know, you know, probably, well, I'm saying more than one. Because, right, you play one one hand, right? Yeah. Uh, 
you know, one person loses, oh, that's just how the game goes, right? And then you play second, and they go, oh, I didn't win again. Well, again, that's how the game goes. It had to go on for a couple, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it, it, right after this, we get two of the best puns of the entire episode, which are the first one is Wolverine telling Gambit, I think he's getting ready to raise you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, because Gambit, you know, throws a card at Bishop, Bishop just absorbs it. Um, and uh, later Wolverine says, how would you like to try absorbing these? You know, he's got to regain control of the situation. So, you know, breaks out the claws. Sit down, both of you, or cards won't be the only thing that gets cut around here. Oh, yeah. Oh. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C. Sorry, did you guys want to say anything more about the card game? No, I mean, I, I uh, again, just... Uh... The, the whole thing, I, I have in my notes that, like, Wolverine is doing the Don't You Look Familiar again, mm. uh, which is like, yeah, oh, no, because it was just getting silly to me that they were having such a long card game with each other, mm-hmm. that, that we're just entering into the, the Marty McFly Back to the Future, why don't his parents remember his face problem, you know? <laughs> so that's just like, like, you spent a weekend with a guy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, fair, yeah. fair. But I know it's. I know in the movies, it's in the Back to the Future. It's all written off as like, oh, it was you know thirty years ago. I guess they just who would remember someone they met for a week thirty years ago? It's like I don't know if they changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd have a pretty good memory of what they looked like. I don't know. Don't maybe know. maybe it's just as Marty was getting older. Listen, this is not a back, this is a Back to the Future podcast now. As Marty was getting older. <laughs> I would be like, well, he's growing up to look a lot like that guy I used to know. That's yeah, all. Great. I just, just got to say that. That's interesting. Anyway, in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Washington, uh, Storm is in position. Rogue and Jubes are under a tree. Rogue's on a walkie-talkie and Jubilee is napping. Just asleep. Just asleep yep. on his on his very important assassin watch. Just <laughs> Typical kid. Yeah. Typical kid. And, and she's having a bad dream, right? Gambit. No. It's not true. So we know she's having some emotional turmoil on the inside. I am so glad that fictional characters all talk in their sleep during bad mm-hmm. dreams. That is so, yep. it's so handy. It's yeah, helpful. <laughs> helpful. And they're right in front of the local hotel, which we <laughs> zoom in on, which is where Blob and Pyro uh, are hanging out. And yep, you know, an avalanche too, yeah. An avalanche as well. Yep. And, you know, I just want to say here, because we, I, I wrote, we know Blob is gross because he burps. And, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Blob, you know, is kind of the, the butt of every joke for a long time, although he is, he is um, really quite potent out on the field. But here's what I'll say is that in, um, within the last couple of years or so, there was a series of comics where X-Man, Nate Gray, took mm-hmm. over the world and kind of restructured things. And they rehabilitated Blob. And there was actually a romance between Blob and Psylocke, which I loved. I loved that they kind of took Blob out of the, the fat guy joke and made him into just a large person with these powers, you know? But at this point, he's still in his kind of circus unitard. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were like... This this one with that we can we can really go the fat shaming route exactly and so and then j- again just in case kids you missed it Pyro has the great line a spiffy day for an assassination uh, so we know we know who the assassins are just real quick uh, you're, you're I gonna... often loudly announce what crime I'm planning on committing later to my friends. <laughs> And and we there's a an unnamed woman, but we all know we all know who that oh, is. Oh, we know. Raven Darkhold, aka Misty. <laughs> oh, okay. So then Gambit's back at the mansion. He's watching the news apparently on an arcade game. Did anyone else see that? <laughs> I did. I did catch the arcades getting like blown up in like the next couple of shots. Yeah. I, I missed. I missed what he was watching it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it looks like arcade games, but it's showing the news. Gambit you know what it probably is? It's probably, uh, it's not the official arcade, right? They just kind of constructed their own cabinet. They've got like a regular TV in there with a, mm. with a Raspberry Pi emulator hooked up to it. So <laughs> they're just switching it from TV to game to TV to game. So that's, that. listen, I won a no prize for that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I think you win a no prize. It's hip, it's cool, it's Noah's arcade. Okay, so 
Uh, great. So Gambit charges a card. He puts it in the console. He also blows up the deck. He escapes Bishop and Wolverine and gets like uh, his own little, little fighter Yeah, he's got, he's got a jet. <laughs> he's, got, he's got his own jet. I wrote in my notes, in all caps, Gambit has his own tiny jet with about seven question marks after it. <laughs> yep. Yep, he does. He does, or the X-Men do, but they've only got one. They've yeah. got one. So this is why it was important child. that we set up that he knows how to drive earlier when he said he was going to park the car. So mm. now, we, oh, if he knows how to drive, I guess he knows how to fly a jet. Yeah. But actually, we'll get to that because um, I believe he leaves the jet open after landing. Like, he just gets out, does not close it. He just runs away. Time was of the essence, Sarah. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that. I'm just saying he was irresponsible with the hardware. So, um, guess, right. So Gambit flies off to DC and I love, I, I love screens in X-Men, the animated series. So there's a screen, uh, and it shows the shape of Washington, DC, and it says Washington, DC. <laughs> Great. Uh, meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., there are anti-mutant protesters. And, you know, it's a kid's show, so they're not going to use actual slurs. So we just get a repeat of, humans, yes, mutants, no. <laughs> humans, yes, mutants, no. And uh, I also, and Pyro continues his tradition of just announcing things. Shall we begin the diversion, Avalanche, old darling? <laughs> what is that accent? <laughs> I don't know, but I did write phonetically, Avalanche, because Avalanche. that's how he refers to I mean, to it's him. supposed to be Australian. Well, no, I know, but they refer to him as a limey in a previous episode. So he's oh, like full cockney in Wait, hold Indiana on. But he is supposed States. to be, I thought he was canonically Australian, right? He is canonically Australian, yeah. But, oh gosh, then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. He's he's, in this one. Yeah, he's, um, he's definitely the, the Gavroche of, of X-Men the Animated Series, for sure. Are you okay. looking it up, Michael? Yeah, yeah. So, go on. <laughs> okay. And then Avalanche gets in a good pun. We'll bring down the House and the Senate, too. Yeah, yeah. What I love, too, about Avalanche coming in is, like, they clearly voice actored him to have, like, the dumb guy voice, mm -hmm. right? But it's like, you already got Blob playing the big dumb guy voice. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't, we don't need two. <laughs> you know? like just play him as like an average guy maybe we've we've, we've got the weird <laughs> grimy australian i don't know what uh we you know and then two, know, have, two different sizes just be a regular guy. Yeah. yeah medium dumb guy actually <laughs> medium dumb guy <laughs> And Blob, Blob has a Hawaiian shirt and a camera, which just brought me back to that moment before sending the team to Genosha when Cyclops says, your cover is your tourists. <laughs> because I think Mystique gave the same yep. instructions. Same, same playbook. To her folks. Blob's like, ah, tourists, tourists. Got it, got it. Okay, let me, let me get my triple, quadruple XL Hawaiian shirt and a camera. So inside the inside of the, the the Capitol, Professor X is at the Senate hearings, and no one mentions his hovering wheelchair. I always thought because one of the things I seem to remember from the comics is he right. used the wheelchair, the hovering the hover chair at home, but when he was out in the world, he used a traditional wheelchair. Not in this world, and nobody cares. <laughs> but then again, we do have robot police officers in the form of Sentinels, so maybe there's kind of little technolo technological. I'll let that difference. one go. It wasn't now. And here's the thing, though, to me, uh, uh, on that note, is, like, the hover chair was Shi'ar technology, right? Oh, yeah, and we Which haven't actually met the Shi'ar. We have not met the Shi'ar yet in the cartoon, so... Uh, can't wait for those dreams to start. I can't wait for the Shi'ar to show and be like, eh, what's all this? <laughs> Where'd you get that wheelchair <laughs> who, uh, from? <laughs> yeah, who, uh, who, gave, who, gave, who gave you this? Who, where'd this what I also from? love about the Senate hearing is, like, that Professor X is lying. He's lying. Mm -hmm. He's straight out lying. It's like, have you ever associated with renegade mutants? It's like, yeah, you have. Oh, are we going to play like a little semantic game of what do you mean by renegade? Because it's right. like, you you do. you. They, they call themselves the X-Men. They've named themselves <laughs> after you. You Come on, Charles. Come on, Charles. Um, yeah, but fortunately, he doesn't have to lie for too long to set up uh, fame, famed anti-mutant bigot, Senator Robert Kelly. There's an earthquake. Everyone runs except for the la lady with the sort of blue hair up front. 
yeah. who's who's real chill about it. And uh, I love that there there's a gap between Robert Kelly saying, I want answers. There's an attack. And then Avalanche enters as if he's been listening the whole time. I got your answers right here. <laughs> and like, it's not right away. Like he was holding. I almost feel like they held off the attack until Senator Kelly said that. So Avalanche could come in, come in with the, with the comeback. You got a comeback yet, Avalanche? No, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> Also, so here's interesting. Here's something interesting. You know, with Professor X lying, I found it, it, it interesting that he said, "Stop them before the whole they bring the whole building down." He says that to, to Cyclops and Jean Grey who are in the right. audience. And my first thought was, "You do something, Professor. You do something before they bring the whole building down." Isn't that the, that's always the problem by having the leader of the X Men be the world's most powerful telepath? It's like you could stop all of this at any time yeah that's why i'm like cult 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 he's like oh sending everybody else else to do the dirty work you know it's like but why don't you do something do you think this goes back to because i think at this point professor x is is not out right so he what what he was billed as before he was exposed to the world was you know mutant activist Right. Professor Charles Xavier. And so I wonder if part of it is he doesn't want to be exposed, but I feel like he could stop them from knowing that he's using it. Right, because he is the world's most powerful telepath. That's not a very visual thing. It's not like, it's, you know. Oh, it's him. Yeah. It's not like yeah, he turned into guy. pure energy and, you know, fought everybody. It's just like, oh, he just sat there and thought for a while. Like, <laughs> literally <laughs> give yourself away if that's your thing. Speaking of more overt powers, Pyro makes a fire dragon. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I... Is there something he could do? I know He I can just, control fire, so he can make it take oh, the shapes so he, that, that he wants. So, oh, yeah, I didn't like remember always, this, so he can kind of sculpt it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right, because the fire isn't coming from him. I forgot yeah. about that. His power is controlling fire. Right, that's why he wears the flamethrower. Yep. Oh, okay, thank you. I'm, it's, all, it's all coming back to me now. Hashtag Celine. Glad it did, Celine. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, okay, great. So, so we've got that. Uh, meanwhile, Rogue and Jubilee are still out under the tree near the hotel. They seem to have missed the mutant exodus uh, yeah. from the hotel. They're they're just hanging out. Uh, they get the call. Yeah, look at those those four colorfully costumed people just walking by. Ah, we'll look into that. Uh, yeah, we're 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 on an assassination. Watch. You know, Jubilee's napping. I don't want to wake her. <laughs> and Rogue leaves Jubilee. She yeah. leaves her under a tree asleep. It's not like you can just wake her up and be like, hey, 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 we got to go. She's like, yeah. no, she looks so sweet. Yeah, to be honest, though, like, babysitter. she's a bad babysitter. I've got yeah. a kid and there are mornings when I got to get her up out of bed. And I'm just like, ah, you're quiet and not in any trouble right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, you know, I feel the same way with Drogue, just looking at Jubilee and like, oh, you're just going to say some dumb shit when I wake you up. <laughs> Let's not be, yeah, that's true. She hasn't, sleep a little bit. Jubilee hasn't said anything in a while. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be <laughs> it's real time. It's rough. Time. If I wake her up, she's going to be like, what about that strange, creepy mutant we saw earlier? Like, okay. uh. <laughs> Go back to sleep, Jubilee. So here comes Gambit in the jet, because that's how national airspace works. Is yeah. If you have a little jet, yeah. you can just take it to Washington, wherever you would like, and he just leaves it open. He gets out and he just leaves it. As you pointed out, Michael, time was of the essence. Yeah. Jubilee does wake up. Um, as Cyclops and Jean Grey uh, chase Pyro and Avalanche past her. And we do get that dumb line. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Rogue was right. Rogue was right to do what she yeah, did. Just yeah, agreed. Agreed. And then, you know, Blob continues to be a bully. Where are you going, four eyes? Were you offended, Michael? Uh. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I got over that one in, you know, fourth grade. So <laughs> it's, it's okay. I, I like the fact that like they're fighting Blob and, and we first saw Blob back at Genosha, yep. you know, where Jubilee tried unsuccessfully to lead a mutant rebellion against yep. the Genosian authorities. And I'm just thinking like, do you think either of them recognize each other? Do you think either of them were just like, oh, hey, you. <laughs> Hey, you. I know oh. that guy. What's, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to assassinate a senator. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm trying to stop an assassination. Well, what? Well, what a well, I'll see you later, I guess. 
Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, everybody. Be sure to check out the Smithsonian. Oh, thank you. Okay, now to assassinate someone. <laughs> and one of the things, though, I do love is you do get to see Blob's powers in action. So he's not yeah. just, you know, enormous. But Rogue's fist gets stuck in him, and he, he just flings her at the Washington Monument, which she would have hit if Storm hadn't caught her. Yeah, because... She can't fly. Like I, I this that always bugs me when someone who can fly gets thrown somewhere and like someone else has to catch him. Like, no, you're fine. <laughs> you're, <laughs> but you have to slow your, but you have to slow your momentum, right? Sure. So I guess there's yeah, <sighs> fine. <laughs> and then apparently no one else is around the reflecting pool. They're clearly around the reflecting pool in Washington D.C. It's it's a ghost town, I guess. And we get the great blob line. This was one of my favorites. I'm going to flatten these ex-clowns by sitting on them. <laughs> and, but we do get Jubilee saying, ugh, that's gross. Which it kind of is. It I is. Guess. It is. But Jubilee, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's mostly because... Keep going. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's mostly because, like, Jubilee is just, like, always saying the absolute worst thing all the time. Like, even, even though, like, yeah, it is gross that someone would sit on you. I'm also like... Uh, maybe, maybe you're the one that's in the wrong for talking right now. Maybe you're the yeah. one who's making a mistake. Maybe you're the fat shamer. Exactly. Exactly. And more fat shame is coming because to who lands in a jet in the background during the fight, but Wolverine who comes out with, okay, round boy, and just throws him into the pool. Yep. Wolverine has one fight move. As we learned in the Juggernaut episode, his one fight move with dealing with large guys is to just jump on their back. Yeah, <laughs> oh, totally. Hope for the best. And if they're too big, like a sentinel, you climb them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Colossus, right? He kept being mm-hmm. on Colossus' shoulders as well in a previous episode. So anyway, we defeat the blob. Storm freezes him into the pool. Um, and then we, we get the Cajun assassin got the jump on us. So apparently everybody's anti-Gambit at this point. <laughs> Um, and then Cy- Cyclops is like the disapproving parent, like he's supposed to be with you and you, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's like, you were supposed to watch my kid. What's wrong with you? Avalanche tries to make a big quake, but Bishop redirects the energy. He hits a big church as so one does. You were asking where all the people were. They were near the church they were for whatever the reason. Church, like, all, the, all the tourists were like, oh, we saw it. We saw the reflecting flute. Cool. Yeah, we did Let's move on to the church. And then we get a great Jean Grey moment. Chris, I hope you noticed that. Where Jean saves the crowd below. And then we get the great line. It's too heavy. (laughs) (laughs) And then Rogue has to come in and save a little girl. Save that child. I said it's a good thing Rogue is there to save that child. Real. Right. But but actually, it does give Rogue the opportunity to just blast up through the wreckage like a rocket. And I did like that. Yeah, that was that was cool. My my favorite line was then what comes next, because Wolverine is holding the kid and just like this kid's crying. Do something. That was my that was I enjoyed. That was my favorite line in this episode. Yeah. 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 And again, as the as the parent in the room, I feel that I feel that there are (laughs) times that I'm just like, I I'm at a loss. <laughs> Someone please else, please. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. I'm, 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 you know, there are times where I'm just like, what is she, what is, what is my daughter crying about? Help. I don't know. <laughs> she's three and a half. Just someone, Could please be help. Could be anything. Yeah. I do love, there was for a while, like, an, um, uh, like some threads online about why my child is crying. Yes. And one of my favorites was, he asked for Cheerios. I gave him Cheerios. <laughs> it's just this it's poor kid nonsensical who's a stuff like that. It is. Yeah. It, it is. And Chrissy, you've got lots of lots of little folks with your oh yeah, um, like with your nephews. nephews and nieces, and they've just always it's always something. You're like, is that logical? No. No, it's always a Shakespearean tragedy. I have a, a goddaughter who just turned one. I'm very excited Yay. for what's coming. All right, so Cyclops asks Gene, are you all right? And he's the team leader, and I just, I again want to acknowledge that Gene should not be in the field, and this is his fault. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why Why is she there? What's, 
Why is this necessary? Well, clearly, like, that is a very powerful telekinesis that she's got there. Just mm. not powerful enough, you know, but which is always what bugged me about telekinesis. Like, what, what are the limits here? Exactly. Because, like, again, I grew up on Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, only different in your mind. Like, how does mm -hmm. something get too heavy for your mind? You know, it's like, what what is that? I come on, Gene. Yeah, and, <laughs> come on. <laughs> what kind of what kind of things should Gene be doing to be able to do more? How like, do you? Yeah, how do you weight lift? Yeah, what, I guess? what's weightlifting? Like, how how do you get in there and do those reps? Because, like, listen, we need you to do this thing. <laughs> this is the one thing you do. It's really useful. Get, get better at it. Come you on, Gene. You gotta deliver. And I suppose in some way one could argue that they're setting up Gene as kind of a lackluster character so that they can just blow, you know, blow her out of, out of the water, literally, is when she becomes the Phoenix. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, okay. The only, the only way to show how powerful Phoenix is going to be is by okay. making Jean Grey just absolutely worthless. Gotcha. And so, meanwhile, where's Bishop? Well, thank God there are harmonicas to let us know where yes. he is. And his rogue says, he's running for Congress. Yes, I love that line. I love that. So, Bishop's in the halls of government. He is tailed by rogue. Mystique, lady with, with blue hair, says, you'll be safe in here, Senator. But in the room is the real late-age lady, and she's all tied up. And, you know, Senator Kelly, smart man that he is, he's on to her. He's on her. He knows what's up. So then uh, Mystique turns into Gambit. And my question was, did they ever meet? Uh, uh, oh, well, I mean, wait, was it Mystique possibly one of the other Genosian uh, slaves? Yeah, I think, so, I think you're right. Think but then, of right. course, why would you pick Gambit? I mean, did, did you just, like, pick someone out of a hat just to, to be somebody? Did you know that he was with the X-Men, mm -hmm. I guess, you know? Has she been itching for this to wear this costume, yeah, so yeah. to speak? Can't gotta save Gambit for something special. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> but, walk in on Mystique. She's you know shape shifted to Gambit. What are you doing? Uh, 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 nothing. <laughs> Parking a car. <laughs> it's and cool, so, Mystique. We we know we, it's fine. You can do whatever you want. You're a shapeshifter. It's fine. Don't feel ashamed of it. Be yeah, yourself. Yeah. It's cool, Mystique. And you want to be the, Gambit for an afternoon? Go ahead. It's fine. Yeah. I love it. You, you do you. Exactly. Be yourself, by which I mean be Gambit. <laughs> if that's, if that's, if that's you who yourself is. Nobody yep. trusts Mystique. Nope. <laughs> Nobody trusts Mystique. But we get this great Gambit line. She totally captures this pattern of speech. This is what happens when you go against mutants, especially Gambit, the X-Men. <laughs> and I think she's been holding on to that. I think, I think she prepared that. But then we get one of my favorite lines in this whole series that they often used in the commercials. Enter the real Gambit. Surprised to see me? I know I am. Yep. Which is something they used all the time in the advertising material. Then we get the fight we've all been waiting for. Gambit v. Gambit. A little one-sided, of course, you know, with Gambit actually using his actual, you know, plasma charging abilities against... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Anyway, but, but it, it would be one-sided if Bishop hadn't entered at that point and is about to take Bishop. them both out <laughs> when Rogue intervenes, yanks off Bishop's transceiver and straight up just sends him home. Yeah, she's like, yeah. back in time, blam! <laughs> <laughs> that, that I love because there are a lot of people who I wish I could like tear something off of their person <laughs> to get to rid send of them, them something. Just, just be like, I, I can't deal with you anymore. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, I kind of was like amazed that he didn't just like disintegrate or something, you know, like mm -hmm. if you didn't have that, like, what are the rules? And <laughs> does he just <laughs> disappear from time altogether? Does he actually go back to where he came from? No, no, yeah, I think they set up, well, I guess they set up that, that he, he definitely goes back to where he came from, but I guess, yeah, they didn't set up what happens if your future doesn't exist anymore. If this was somehow yeah, the thing that ex succeeds, to to. Yeah. yeah, then definitely you just you just blip out of out of existence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ooh, that's oof. I don't and like they that. Also, they also, <laughs> <laughs> they also really we won't send you on any. If you run into yourself. Oh yeah. I was like, oh, it's a good thing Wolverine didn't go because. Although, really, I mean, I was thinking of that this whole time, like because it takes so long to trust Bishop, like sending Wolverine would have been better. It's like 
I am. Mm-hmm. I remember all this. I know who you are. I know you are. I remember this conversation when I had it the first time. I know what yeah. you're going to say. You know, uh, uh, it would have been Nobody just... trusts Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made more sense. Oh, no. Send the younger guy. Yeah, that's the one qualification Bishop had. Yeah, yeah to fight oh, the man. Yeah. So then we get some, you know, our, our suspension of disbelief has to go a little bit further because Rogue just says to Incredibly. Senator Kelly, it's over now, Mr. Kelly. Now let us be. <laughs> and he does. Kumbaya. <laughs> Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Yeah, namaste. Go to, on your journey. That's right. It's about to be Rogue versus Mystique when Mystique morphs into... Mama. Rogue, <laughs> okay, you, you guys have to explain this to me. I was so confused about this part. I was like, what is happening? Like, does she yeah. I don't know. I was really so, confused. Yeah, so so they deviated from the from the original story, obviously. But basically, after Rogue's mutant powers manifested, she was taken in by a group of mutants led by Mystique and her then then partner, now we know wife Destiny as well as uh, some of the rest of the, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. But Mystique was Mystique in the comics, so Rogue knew she was blue. It wasn't a concern. So it seems that in this world, Rogue was taken in by a specific version of Mystique who was in that particular form. Would you agree, Michael? Or that, yeah, that add? is exactly it. And I think the only thing I might add in is, like, I think it's during this whole time when she is under Mystique's care is when she gains the Captain Marvel powers, of being yes. able to fly and punch stuff Super really good. Super strength. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, because previously Rogue was kind of earthbound. She just had the absorption powers and nothing okay. else. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, then we get, so meanwhile in the hallway, Cyclops and Wolverine run into the aid lady and Senator Kelly, and, and they don't even know what to say. They're just like, it's back there. <laughs> Whatever it is, is back You know, I was wondering, when she, when the aide said it, I, I was wondering if this was, like, maybe, like, also some anti-mutant sentiment there. You oh, know? yeah. Like, like, not even going to say he or she or they. I'm not even going to be, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be dehumanizing. I'm going to call the mutant an it. Just because mm-hmm. that's how, that's, that's where I'm at in my level of respect for, for mutants. I think that's entirely possible. Um, the, that said, you know, well, if, if you didn't know that Mystique's blue form was actually her form. Right. It what, could what just I'm be a is, consciousness. But, well, you know, would, it's, would, it's super disrespectful. I would, I would understand someone going, he, she, I'm not sure. They changed, you know, more yeah. than being like, it is back Fair. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we we come in and Gambit's taken. He's been set up real nice. He's been set up real yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Unconscious, like... having having a little nap. <laughs> so Rogue does help Mystique escape. It's so dramatic, you know why? Uh, Rogue asks Mystique why, and her response is, "It seemed like the only way to get you back." Which. I don't, that doesn't seem right. Try a phone call, Mystique, first. Like, <laughs> write a nice letter or something, you know. Absolutely. But Mystique walks away and Rogue cries. It's, uh, it's rough times. And how is Rogue going to explain any of this <laughs> later in, in the debrief session back at the yeah. X-Mansion? Like, so anyway, the question. how do the, do they, do they tackle in the next episode? I haven't watched it yet. Uh, they don't. They don't. No, okay. This, this is just, it's fine. Everything's fine. No one, no one fine. bothers to ask how, Everything's how fine. it all, okay. I'm guessing that she was probably like, I chased her and then I lost her. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, that happens sure, to sure. me all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, okay. I can fly and really fast, but uh, mm-hmm. she uh, got oh, away. Shapeshifter. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> might, might have been right. a trash can or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so then we come. Meanwhile, in the future, Bishop returns to New York City, 2055, and it didn't work. Uh, but there is some hope, right? Forge says, you can try again and again if you have to. But we have that really rough visual of Wolverine's skeleton in some sort of preservation tank. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was something. 
I never imagined <laughs> I never imagined Wolverine's skeleton to look like a robot. I imagined it to look like a skeleton. And I wonder if this is one of those kids' cartoons, like mm. we can't just put some bones in there. It, even if they are metal, we can't do that. We gotta put like a robo body in there and say that's Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you make a good point. I, I, I think in my mind it was just like, oh, it's the Weapon X project. It's all, it's all Weapon X stuff. But you, you may be very right. It may be something having to do with children's television in the nineties yeah. and what we were able to do. Oh, actually, I found that interesting, right? Because we talk, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how they don't say die or death, but actually Bishop does say die. In this, Ooh. all of the X Men are going to die, and I was very surprised oh, by that. And maybe I'm guessing maybe it's you can the future context. tense it. Yeah, right. Yeah, we can't say that someone has died, right? But we could say is going to die. Well, but I'm sure future. somebody had a conversation. The exactly, future. future. Which like doesn't that then like kind of uh, uh, have to work out like an even tougher conversation to have with a kid? It's like, what does he mean when he says that they're going to die? Why why is he allowed to say that? Well, because we're all going to die. What? <laughs> <laughs> when? When? Ah, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, X-Men. Thanks, X-Men. And so last scene, very dramatic. Professor X Ooh, is yeah. going to see Senator Kelly in his office. And Jean Grey somehow knows that something's wrong uh, on the other side of the door, which I guess is just the absence of people or, or psychic residue, I guess. Yep. And they open the door and uh, and he's gone. There's a huge hole in the wall. So we kind of get that Sandra Kelly has has been kidnapped. But then, but then. But then. Professor X says, my watch has stopped. Why is that important, Professor? <laughs> it's been magnetized. <laughs> Thus leading into uh, the finale of season one, our next episode, The Final Decision. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Done. I just love that. This is what I. This is one of the reasons why I love comics is because uh, saying something like "it's been magnetized" can be the most dramatic thing mm-hmm. in the world. Because, like, if I, if you said that in any other context in the in in life, you'd be like, "Ah, oh, it's been magnetized." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this means like, this means yeah. Magneto is here. He's back. Magneto is back. Yeah, his long luscious locks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're gonna. I, mean, I can't. I can't wait. I. I loved episode thirteen. I'm really looking forward. to Most it. of us Can recording you... this episode, we don't have long luscious locks. So, like, I. I think it's a little bit of jealousy. I don't have long luscious locks. I never have no. had them. I have had them, so I feel okay about it. So, yeah. just, so everyone knows two thirds of us don't have long luscious locks. <laughs> Only Carissa Bertles, his beautiful red. Mine's hiding. <laughs> Luscious locks and Michael and I are left with with less. With yeah, less. but you, My, yeah, you chose, you chose to I get chose, rid of it. Yeah, I, 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 I did a COVID buzz cut. Yeah, I just sort of lost cut. mine in my twenties. <laughs> it was on its way. Yeah, hey, I was gonna say it happens to all of us. It happens to some of us. I just want to make it clear, like I'm not being like, oh, pity me, poor me. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm fine with it. I think I look okay. I'm just like you do. You know. <laughs> I'm just like I, uh, you know, I I'm very much like I wear it proudly. I hate I hate this. I'm gonna go on a rant for quick. I hate comb-overs so much. I think (laughs) comb-overs are the worst thing, the worst choice any man could ever make. I'm glad I've got a lot of self-esteem issues, but at least I've never done a comb-over, guys. (laughs) I can attest to that. In the years I've known you, I've never never seen one. Never do that. I agree. I think that's the right. Anyone who's listening to this podcast who has a comb-over, I am judging you. You need to work on that. <laughs> Take care of that. Have some self-respect. Buzz it. It'll look better. Trust me. How do you feel about baby comb-overs? Silly. That's the silliest thing. We're babies. Baby Just put it there. What do you mean? It means they don't have all their hair yet, but some of it is long in front, and so you comb oh. it. You comb it over. No, you just say it. I, I thought you meant like on a grown person. I was like, <laughs> just, so, just a teeny tiny bit here in the front. I was like, I don't understand what a baby is. Is that like a, is that like a Harry Krishna hairstyle? Just like one, one single curl. The Charlie Brown hairstyle? That's yeah, what that is. Just the one single curl is. in front. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so good. It. 
<laughs> but then, hey, this was a great episode too, and I feel like we've got some awards to give out but yeah. before we close. So who who gets the Oscar? Who has the most dramatic moment? I mean, I mean, maybe just just for having an emotional thing, just Jean Grey when she's trying to hold the the oh. falling church, even though she does absolutely nothing. So it's just like the fact that she actually did do something. I feel like I want to just give her like a participation trophy. I, I think Jean Grey 100% gets a participation yeah. trophy. I was going to nominate Rogue for those tears at the end. Like oh, she got yeah. stuck in a real emotional bind that I think would, uh, you know, play very well with Academy voters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm either for the kid under the building or, mm. um, or Mystique. I think she gives a line at the end. that's like, apocalypse gives me purpose like xavier does for you i don't know mm-hmm. something, something mm-hmm. so everyone is in a cult yeah cult, cult, exactly. cult. this is all just like <laughs> just really supporting my my theory here apocalypse so. cult yep i think it's that's a real thing though they probably then, play volleyball is what i'm saying an apocalypse will win every dang time. Uh, like he will not lose, right? Only the fitness survive volleyball. Uh, and who's who's our MVP? Who do you think was really? really well, I guess Gambit. Gambit for like actually mm-hmm. taking charge. I mean, even though you know we weren't sure the whole time, the fact that he actually, uh, uh, you know, I, I I would not have gone through with the plan that he had, but it worked out for him. So yeah, he committed yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. I think that yeah, I, plus parking that car lands up for, <laughs> lands up for him, you know. Absolutely. So it says setting that his essential his essential nature up early, and then I, I did want to give an honorable mention to Blob because I do think Blob got some good some good camera time and some some really dumb lines that I love. Oh, we can nominate villains as MVPs because why not? Oh, I, oh sorry, I was villains. just thinking <laughs> episode. Well, maybe, maybe it stands for most villainous person. Okay. Uh, in that case, Senator Kelly. Senator Kelly gets oh, that. Oh, well, that's good. Hardcore. Hardcore. Semantics. And then, you know, best line, are we going to go with this kid's cry and do something? That's or, my favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I like that. And I also like the, he's running for Congress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and a lot of Gambit's lines, too, just like, everyone can relax. Gambit is here. <laughs> Gambit has. Well, I guess, I guess, yeah, in terms of which one I relate to, it's Wolverine's line, so. That's what I'm sure. going to go with. I, I'm, going, I'm going out later. Should I say, everyone can relax. Sarah has arrived. I, I will tell you from experience. I'll give you money. From experience, as as like a person who tried to like, as, as you know, a teenager, when you're trying things on, you know, <laughs> yeah. you try things <laughs> on. You're like, oh, maybe this is who I could be. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I tried lines like gambits and I would like enter into rooms be like, hey, Michael's here. And people were like, mm, that is not a thing you care about. <laughs> So, so I don't know, you know, maybe if there's a certain level of irony about it, it could work. But there was no irony for me at that age. I was really trying to see if I could mm-hmm. be that person. Really trying to sell it. I hear that. As you can oh, tell, I'm sure listening to this podcast, I am not that person at all. <laughs> and actually, for, for those of you who are listening, we would love to hear the lines that you tried to sell as a teenager. <laughs> I know. I love that. I love Which X-Man's persona person did you think, character. this is who I'm going to be? I'm going to be Beast. Going to hang yep. upside down all the time when I read. Mm-hmm. Trying to try and impress impress uh, members of the the sex you're interested in with uh, with quotes of your favorite favorite poets. That's right. Anyway, tell us. Who are you? Who are you? I know. Who, Did it work you? out? You do? do you still do it today? Yes. Yeah. Did, is that how? Is that how you got your spouse? We want someone know. in the comments. Relax. <laughs> Joe is here with a comment. <laughs> That'll be my boyfriend, Joe. Yeah, um, that's that. And she's like, and it did is. work. He's it did cool. work. It did work on me. <laughs> here, here we, here we are. Here we are. Well, friends, Good. thanks for joining us for uh, Gene No and X Men: The Animated Series podcast. Big thanks to Michael Short and Carissa Bertels. Always a and pleasure. Always. And so, just real quick, where where can they find you online if they're interested in following you? Uh, let's see. You can uh, check me out at my website, which is Carissa, C-H-A-R-I-S-S-A dot N-Y-C. And that'll give you an idea of what theatrical um, magic is happening, hopefully, in my life. 
Absolutely. And Krista is magic on stage. So y'all get, get an opportunity to see yeah. her. And how about you, Michael? You've got, well, you've got some you Blind are, Tiger improv. Yes. If you are like the X-Men and live in Westchester, you can see me perform improv live once a month in Ossining at the Westchester Collaborative Theater. Go to blindtigerimprov.com to uh, uh, see what our upcoming shows are. We, like I said, we do them once a month, and uh, uh, they're fun. They're fun times. So uh, I'm not sure when the show is going up. Uh, January 20th is our next scheduled show. So if this episode goes up before then, that's when it is. If you're listening it. to it after <laughs> that date, uh, sometime in February. So hope, hopefully you get out to one of them. Love to see you. Tell me that you heard me. And then, and then, and then, tell me if uh, if my face looks like what you imagined. Yeah, or, 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 or try your teenage line on him. Yeah, say, try it out. Try it he'd out. He'd love that. He'd love that. And I'm Sarah Musek. You can find me at sarahmusek.com. We'll see you next time on Gene. No. no. That kid's crying. Gene. No. An X Men: The Animated Series podcast. 